everyone, and welcome to Good and Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Coburn. This is a place where we will talk all things Jesus, how to love Him, be like Him, and walk in a way worthy of His name. I'm really excited to spend some time with you today. Hey everyone, and welcome. This morning, I turned on hymns while on the car with my kids. It probably had something to do with Finishing the Long Way Gone by Charles Martin, and also because I just love hymns. The church I grew up in, we didn't really sing them that often, but my grandparents' church did. My grandparents' home was my second home. I stayed there weekly, and many times I would spend the night on Saturday and go to church with them. My bama would wake me up with her hot rollers in her hair, and granddaddy would pour me a big bowl of frosted mini-wheats, the same time that he poured his. After breakfast, we would load up in the car and we would head to church. At church, their slightly tone-deaf choir would belt out hymns as they led the congregation. Looking back in my memory, I now see a group of older people singing songs that meant something to them. I'm sure these were songs that spoke to their souls and washed away their troubles while they were worshiping their Savior. Now that I'm older, I pull those hymns out of my memory when I'm stressed. I sang them over my babies as I rocked them to sleep, and in times of trouble and trials, their words are the first to come out of my mouth when I don't know what to pray. There's something about old hymns, the heart and the power behind them is strong, and they have proven to stand the test of time. Be Thou My Vision is one of my favorites. I learned it when I was in my homeschool group when I was very young, and the words stuck. It stirs something in me every single time I hear them. The first verse says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Those words are so powerful. I encourage you to finish listening to this podcast first, then go listen to Be Thou My Vision and Worship. Audrey Assad's version is my favorite. So, as we all know, the country is polarized. If you haven't noticed, I think that maybe you've been living under a rock. And I'm not just talking about polarization of politics either. We are now in a society that believes that you do whatever makes you feel good. On top of that, we have added a very large but. It is now you do whatever makes you feel good, but if I don't agree with it or it doesn't go with my agenda, we cannot be friends because I disagree with your opinion. Confusing, right? How I'm reading things is that you make your own decisions your own choices, and do what you want that makes you feel good or feels right. But the second that those things don't line up with what the majority thinks or feels or what I think or feel, then guess what? You're canceled. We are an unhealthy, closed-minded people. And the worst part of it all is that the Christian church is stepping into that mindset as well. I caught a glimpse of this tension building while I was in college. I remember being in a friend's apartment with a handful of mutual friends. These are people that I had been living life with for a couple of years. 
They knew me, and most of them knew my heart. We did ministry together. Well, we're having a conversation one night, and a popular theological debate broke out. I was point-blank asked what I thought, and when I gave my answer, I was accosted with, you must not be a true Christian, and you definitely don't read your Bible if you think that way. Guys, let me tell you right now, this was not a topic that would determine my salvation. It wasn't something that would tell you that I really didn't read the scriptures. My statement was something that many Christians make. But because I didn't believe exactly the way that this friend believed, I was torn apart and spit out. Thankfully, we moved forward in our relationship and it actually drove me deeper into scripture and theology. And funny enough, I still hold the same belief as I did in college. I think this is when... I first started feeling this polarization building. It's probably been there for ages, but it was my first real experience with it. It has continued to build throughout our politically correct culture. Things are so bad now that one cannot have a civil conversation with another if there isn't 100% agreement. I told my husband this past fall that I had a bunch of political questions for the Christ follower that had an opposing view to mine, but I did not feel that I could have a conversation with anyone about them because I felt they would get angry and defensive. Did you catch that I said Christ follower in there? I've been saddened by the things going on in my country in a big way, but my heart has absolutely broken overseeing the Christ followers' response to everything. So much blame, so much name-calling, and so much grouping every single person together. I get feeling passionate about something, and I get having a heart for justice. But when you're putting down fellow Christians and making blanket statements without hearing the other side out, it is divisive and shows just how broken we are as a people. 1 Peter 3.8 tells us how we should act when it says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Satan has us where he wants us. We've already talked about how he knows that if he keeps us living in fear, we won't go out of our homes and do the things that we are called to do. And in 2020 and now 2021, he has got fear spilling out all over the place. He also knows that if he can keep us divided, we will not bind together for the mission of Christ. I read the words, quote, Satan hates you, end quote, yesterday in a book, and it felt like a slap in the face. This is a fact that I'm aware of, but reading the words on a page that anyone hates me? makes me feel raw. But the fact of the matter is that he hates Christ. He wants the position of Christ. He will do anything to keep the human race from discovering the never-ending, all-powerful love and grace of Jesus. And if you carry the name of Christ, then guess what, guys? He hates you with a big, horrible hatred. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11.3, But I am afraid that just as the serpent deceived Eve by his treachery, your minds may be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Adam and Eve were God's people, and they literally walked with God daily. 
If Satan can deceive these two people, why do you think we are any less of a target or less susceptible? As followers of Christ and people who bear his name and image, we must fight for unity. We must work hard to make sure that we are united and a people that show the love of Christ. Our actions speak loudly. Our social media posts and how we talk about fellow Christians, it matters. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree together, to end your divisions, and to be united by the same mind and purpose. Paul goes on to call the Corinthians out for saying that they were quarreling among themselves because they were with one person or the other. Hmm, guys, this sounds a bit familiar to me. 2 Corinthians 13.11, Paul closes out his letter by saying, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Set things right. Be encouraged. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. We may have different political stances. You may think that the most important thing to fight for is the unborn. I may find it extremely important to fight and bring awareness about those who are being enslaved and trafficked. But when we carry the name of Christ, we have commonality. We have something that binds us. And guys, we have got to start treating each other as such. We've got to stop name calling and pointing fingers and making blanket statements. Do you realize that you aren't just calling out the ignorant sinner when you make statements that cover a whole belief system? There are Christians that may take the same stance as one who you find to be quote unquote ignorant. We may question how one can follow Christ and believe the way they do. But the best way to answer that question is to have a civil and loving conversation. Hear the other side with an open mind, not so that you can be pulled one way or the other, but so that you are giving the common courtesy of saying, we are united in Christ and you believe this differently. And I want to show you love by asking for your reasons without you fearing repercussions or without you getting angry at me. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to accept everything. There are issues that fellow Christ followers want to take a stand for, for that are not biblical. The thought process of you do what makes you feel good or think the way that makes you happy, it isn't a good thing and we're finding it now in the church. We have to hold everything to the lens of scripture. We can lovingly point to scripture when one is taking a stance on something that doesn't go along with the words of te or the teachings of Christ. But to be unified, it does not mean that you call out that position on social media and blast everyone who thinks different from you. We have to be better. We have to do better. We have to be loving and we have to treat others the way that Christ would have treated them. Other than the Pharisees, which Jesus made a game of publicly calling out, he met with sinners one-on-one. -on -one. He went to the home of Zacchaeus, and change occurred because he spent time with him privately, Luke 19, 1-10. Jesus met with the woman at the well privately, and he pointed out her sins privately, which is found in John 4. 
It is not our job to publicly shame the masses into thinking the way we think. We are called to preach the gospel, love our neighbor, and love the Lord our God with everything we have. Being unified is how this country is going to change. Being unified is how we are going to see a wave of new Christ followers. Joining together as Christ followers to spread the gospel is how we are going to see change. Being toxic, name-calling people who look like the world and act like the world is not what is going to promote change. When we work together, we cannot be stopped. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Although an assailant may overpower one person, two can withstand him. Moreover, a three-stranded cord is not quickly broken. When the world sees a group of people living and doing life in the love of Christ, they will not be able to look away. They will see the love of God as a gift and as something they want to be a part of. When we are tearing each other apart and eating each other for lunch, they won't want anything to do with us. There is absolutely enough of that going on in our world now. We don't need more, especially from Christ followers. Ephesians 4, 1 through 7 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We focus on living worthy of our calling, which includes being patient, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Unity starts with us. Unity starts within. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what needs to be worked on within you. And then work on it. Ask the Holy Spirit what needs to be done to bring about unity in your relationships. And then work on it. When we see the church becoming unified, we will see Christ start to move and work and shift things in the spiritual atmosphere. My college best friend and I caught ourselves singing over Christmas break, Be a better person. Be a better person. So let's work on that. Be a better person and work toward Christ-driven unity so that we can change the world. Guys, this is our calling. We can change the world. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give me a review where you listen to podcasts. I also ask that you share this podcast with your friends and family. If you think they need to hear it, share it. It's as simple as hitting the share button and then sending it in a text. Or take a screenshot and share it on social media. I would greatly appreciate it. You can find me on social media at Good and Glory Podcast. Please give me a follow. Until next time, may the grace of Jesus be with you.